The Canadian Council of Churches and the Evangelical Fellowship have been working together for decades now. In fact, and it's a longer story for another day, we intervened together before the Supreme Court of Canada to say that human beings could not own life because God, of course, is the creator of life and to our surprise, we actually won that case. But it's a history of engagement together as the body of Christ together. The Canadian Council of Churches and the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada also have this very unique, a bit Canadian A, dynamic in that we share seven member denominations. The Christian Reformed Tradition, the Reformed Church of America, Canadian Synod, the Mennonites, the Salvation Army, the many Baptist denominations, and we know there are many, all belong to both the Canadian Council of Churches and the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, and both organizations consider that to be a huge treasure, a gift from God in Christ, indeed. Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, we are in great conversation with, indeed, as the body of Christ. The Coptic Orthodox, I know, are part of this campus, campus, and they are active members of the Canadian Council of Churches. There is so much that we share. And in a piece of what might be Body of Christ trivia or not, because I think it's very, very important, the Canadian Council of Churches has now had two presidents in a row from evangelical traditions a Christian Reformed Church president, and now a Salvation Army president. We are indeed the one body of Christ. For me, it is such a privilege to be here. For me, it is such a privilege to work with those 25 member denominations of the Canadian Council of Churches. It is like standing on holy ground to work with those traditions, the the Anglican tradition, the Catholic tradition, evangelical tradition, free church tradition, reform tradition, Eastern and Oriental Orthodox traditions, all together representing more than 85% of the Christians in this country. It is on their behalf, it is in the service of God that I have the privilege of being not only here, but out and about in the world on many occasions. It is on behalf of God in the service of Jesus Christ that I am sometimes to be found on planes, trains, buses, or in automobiles, and engaging in conversation with those in our world, in our country, who might name themselves as secular. This has probably happened to all of you, that you're sitting on a train and you get into conversation with the person beside you and they ask you what it is that you do. Well, when they ask me that question, I have the 30 second response, I have the minute response, I have the five minute response, depending on what point their eyes glaze over. And they do from time to time. But when I say that I am the General Secretary of the Canadian Council of Churches, when people want to pursue more conversation on that, their responses to me fall into one of three categories. 
People will respond to me when I say, when I work with the denominations of Christ, the body of Christ, people will say something like often, well, why would you do that? What's the point of the church or indeed any faith tradition in the world? It's all irrelevant. Why would you bother? That's one category of response. Another category of response is one that I think will not surprise you when people say, well, why would you work with the churches? Why would you work with any faith tradition? Because faith has caused and continues to cause so much harm in the world. The Crusades are, of course, instantly mentioned, forced conversions instantly mentioned. That's a second category of response I get in conversation about what it is that I do, what I have been called out of pastoral ministry at St. James Bond to do. The third category of response, however, is the most challenging, I think. The one that I find convicts me the most, the one that I think convicts all of us in our 25 members, in our 50 member denominations. The third category of response is, but why is your job even necessary? Aren't all the denominations united in the centrality of Jesus Christ? The answer is, of course, yes, we are. The world does not perceive that we are. We are indeed, my sisters and brothers, all united in Jesus Christ. And to travel from tradition to tradition, denomination to denomination, and see that is indeed like standing on holy ground. We all read the same scripture. We all pray the Lord's Prayer as we just did. We are all united in the centrality of Jesus Christ. But from time to time, we forget. From more than time to time, we do not witness that to the world. We are united in the centrality of Jesus Christ. And so it is that our Roman Catholic sisters and brothers, for instance, have remembered and developed the way of the cross, the Via Della Rosa in Rome, the stations of the cross that are on the walls of so many chapels. It is one of the ways that that tradition manifests its centrality in Jesus Christ, remembers that we are called to walk in the way of Jesus, remembers Jesus in that last, most painful, dire time in his earthly life. The centrality of Jesus Christ. It is the centrality of Jesus Christ for all of us that means that the Martoma, Syrian Orthodox tradition, who believe that they were founded by the Apostle Thomas in India, it is because of their firm belief in Jesus Christ that they gather huge conferences of their members of all ages, intergenerational conferences, to praise Jesus together to talk about family values, to praise Jesus together in Orthodox liturgy and with a youth praise band. It is our centrality in Jesus Christ. It is the centrality of Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ as the Salvation Army 
believes and holds tight that causes them to live so clearly. The imperative of Jesus in Matthew 25. When you do this, when you feed, when you shelter, when you visit in prison, when you do this to the least of these, my sisters and brothers, you do it for me. The centrality of Jesus Christ in that tradition. It is the firm belief in the centrality of Jesus Christ that caused our Ethiopian Orthodox sisters and brothers to open a new cathedral recently, not that far from here, just west a few kilometers. And at the opening of that cathedral service, below an icon of Jesus on the cross, in the height of his suffering and his death for us, his death for us, below that icon, in a space holding thousands of prayers, there were women lying prostrate on the floor, deep in prayer. And at the same time, there were Ethiopian traditional drums that were praising Jesus with so much vigor that the floor supports of the new cathedral were reverberating up and down. The centrality of Jesus Christ, and that's what Paul is talking about in this passage from Corinthians. We are the one body. God has created us in our diversity, but in our unity. We are hands, we are feet, we are eyes, we are ears. We are the one body. Jesus has not called us to compete with one another. Jesus has not called us to disparage one another. Jesus has called us to be his one body. He has called us into the world, and he has said to us, and he says to us this day, be my body, feed my sheep. Be my body, feed my sheep. Feed all of the people because all are my children. Be one body, feed my sheep. So may it be that when he comes again, come indeed, Lord Jesus, he may find us diverse but one body, and in his name, feeding, caring for all people. Amen.